0: Welcome to Regold's Gold's Dance Life Podcast, for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello and welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm joined by the wonderful Regold. Gold. Hey Re
1: Hey Stace, life is good. Nice to be with you.
0: Nice to be with you too. We are heading into the silly season. I know you've talked about this before, but you know, Christmas for you lasts for a week. Christmas in my house lasts. It's, it's already been going for two months. So as we lead into the actual date, things are getting a little bit crazy on my side of the world. How about you?
1: Uh, like you said, I, yeah, I avoid Christmas until the couple weeks before. I do get in the spirit like everyone. I love the music. I'm just the guy who doesn't spend let's say, from the day after Halloween yeah. on. <laughs> Whereas in- after Thanksgiving, I'm willing to consider it. But if we could keep it quiet for another <laughs> week or two, and I'm okay with that. Not that I'm a humbug. I love the no. Christmas spirit. I just, just, I'm too busy to be in the Christmas spirit for three months.
0: Yeah, right. You're all about quality rather than quantity.
1: There you go. What a good way to put it.
0: Whereas in my house, I've been bribing my children with the threat of of Santa finding out every time they misbehave since pretty much, yeah, Halloween. (laughs) I've been talking about that. My
1: mother used to do that to us, too. Us, my twin brother and I. Oh, you know Santa's looking...
0: (laughs) That's me, but my son Patrick is is incredibly literal. Um, and so when I, when I, if I, it happens to slip out of my mouth that Santa's watching, he gets very concerned. <laughs> like, where is he? Is he here? Is he in the house? Is he at the window? Like, where is he? He needs to know the details. <laughs> he's got a very specific scientific brain. He's like, well, I need to know how that works because he does, <laughs> he's, he's too literal for all the magic. So... I'm glad that we're actually heading towards Christmas. I can actually you know think of something fresh to use for my for my family. But I'm glad that you're well and looking forward to this this crazy season. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by the Dance Life Teacher Conference, which is happening in summer. If you're looking for a last-minute Christmas gift for someone special in your world, especially if they love dance, then make sure you get a ticket to their, for them to the Dance Life Teacher Conference. It's happening in Las Vegas in the summer of next year. I cannot wait.
1: It is happening at the MGM Grand, and it is July 31 to August 2nd. Teacher classes, business classes, leadership classes, and lots of celebrating who we are, what we are, and our field in general.
0: A great gift to unwrap under your Christmas tree today, Lee. We're talk uh, today, Lee. Today, Re, we're talking about leadership. <laughs> Got that mixed up. Uh-huh. Um, because leadership is is something that I love talking about, especially with you being a leader, mentor, teacher in our dance industry. For me, leadership means, you know, so much more than just being a leader to my faculty and team in the studio. I'm a leader for my family. I'm a leader in my community. Um, and, and I take all of those roles really, really seriously. But um, you and I talk a lot about leadership and how important it is for leadership to start at the top, and if you if you aren't leading from a positive mindset, if you're not leading positively for your team, then it's really hard to get everybody else on board. And having everybody else on board is such a secret to success when it comes to your your studio. If everything, if everybody's not on the singing from the same song sheet, if everyone's not singing the same Christmas carol, then you, you're going to run into trouble somewhere along the line. How do you find, or how do you kind of? wear that role of leader, and how do you maintain that positivity? You know, leaders are human as well. We all have good days and bad days. What are the things that that kind of drive you to to maintain that that you know we can do this attitude as a leader for our dance community?
1: Wow, I, I the way you put that question made my mind think about something. I think. For me, and this is like, I'll go with that 80-20 rule mm-hmm. that we go with, 80% of the time, I'm able to look at it like, okay, this could be a crisis. But if I say this and do this the right way and put a little thought into how I present this to everybody, it won't be a crisis. Mm-hmm. Because that's my role as a leader. 20% of the time I panic or lose it. That 80% of the time is almost as though you, you're, it's like being on stage. You, uh, it's a flip of a switch and your leadership role hits.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And now it is your role to perform, which means stand by what you believe in, follow through in what you commit to, uh, being empathetic to different... Uh, ways of accomplishing tasks that people may have around you as long as they're getting the job done. I hope that made sense because that's Mm. an important one of leadership. And also knowing when to just keep quiet.
0: Mm.
1: What do I mean by that? Like, Sometimes as a leader, something could go wrong. People are aware of it and they're expecting maybe you're going to have a negative reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And maybe it did cross your mind. Wow. I can't believe so-and-so did this. Mm-hmm. You don't have to address everything. If you're a leader, Yeah, you can go, I- I'm aware that Stacy knows this happened. Mm-hmm. By me going any further with this, that's so out of Stacy's character. For me to take this any further is only gonna like add to that her frustration. To actually know when a leader just shuts up.-. Mm-hmm. That's a part of knowing how to be a leader. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Um, Brené Brown talks about the power between um the power of the space in between stimulus and response. And so often we get in situations where something happens, the stimulus happens, something kicks off and we go and respond immediately because you know, we're we're upset, we're frustrated, we're angry, we're you know, shocked. But Brené talks about giving yourself pause in that moment. There's power in that pause between the stimulus and the response because then you have time to think about it with your leadership hat on, to think about it with your mentorship hat on, to think about the different consequences – that, you know, the stimulus has caused. what What's going to be the next step? You know, my husband likes to say, play the tape till the end. Play the tape till the end. So like in your mind, you know, fast track to if you say this, then this is going to happen. If you say this, then this will be the consequence. And it's really hard to do that if you don't give yourself that space that you're talking about, Ray.
1: Yeah, I agree. And what happens is, and I'm I'm sure everybody listening can relate, is sometimes we're offended by something and it is our emotional, inner, non-thinking gut that causes us to react at that moment to protect ourselves, to defend what you just said, when in reality, after you've said that, you realise, wow, I've just made this all worse than it was before I said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going and dug that hole a little deeper. I'm I'm pissed off at myself for going there. Yeah. When, yeah, I could have said, you know what, let me think about that for a uh-huh. bit and I'll come back to you in a little while with my thoughts.
0: And that was one of the most powerful things. The first time I went to the conference, re and heard you say that, that it's okay to say to a parent that comes storming into your foyer with all the, you know, all the issues in the world, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I'm going to need a day or two to process that. Can I get back to you on Wednesday? Because as, as a, a leader in the early days of my studio, I didn't think that I had that liberty. I thought that I had to immediately react, respond, solve, fix, you know, get on no. top of it.
1: No. And I'll add another way for our listeners is that mom comes in between the two classes that you have and you're about to head into a room with 14 new kids. I look at the mom, I go, oh, thank you for bringing this to my attention, but you don't want me to take away time from these kids. I know you don't. So (laughs) let's let's have you go to the office, set up an appointment We'll hang out, we'll discuss this, and I can solve this.
0: Yeah. I know you and,
1: don't. <laughs> and I wait, love that. <laughs> see, I, it just like it, it, sometimes I feel like if you say something that makes total sense the right way, people get it. Mm. Want to know what also happens with the response that I just said? half the people cancel the appointment mm. or don't make it. Mm. Cause that was a spontaneous thing that happened in their head at that moment. we <laughs> going from the one class to the other class. They got in the car cause they had time to think about it. Mm-hmm. And they send you a little message that says, you know what? I solved my uh, problem. Have a good night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That happens so often. I had a parent at the at the door when I was transitioning one class out and one class in last Monday night who said to me, do you have another class to teach or can I talk to you now? And I said, running into another class, so sorry, I'll have to catch you tomorrow, I'll give you a call. And she just ignored everything I said and ploughed into her, <laughs> into what her, whatever yeah. her gripe was. And I remember what her gripe was. But she just, she do you have another class or can I talk to you now? No. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> she just, and I was like. I just said, I've got another class. I've got it. I can't I can't do this right now. But you're exactly right. I said, yep, totally get it. I hear you. I have to run, but we'll talk about it tomorrow. She messaged me the next day. I've solved it. Don't worry.
1: Okay. Uh, here, because we're in a bit of sarcasm mode. How about this? The mom comes in between your two classes. You come out, you're all sweaty. Yeah. You're like, you've been... You've been jazzing it up and jumping and turning and flying. And the mom comes up. She's stressed out. You look at the mom and you go, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm in too good a mood for this. I need you to go to the office, set up an appointment. But this is a good day here at the studio. And I don't have time to stop and deal with bad vibes. And then do you fly and turn? Stop, I'm in too good a mood for this. (laughs) And the kids are too. Look at the joy all around us.
0: (laughs) Look at the joy all around us. I love that. I love that. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, Where do we go now?
0: (laughs) You've still got the image of you sweaty and just coming, turning and leaping and flying Uh, out of the class. (laughs)
1: because wait, though I'm sure you can relate to this I am in too good a mood I know we thought we think it's sarcastic right yeah but I just got done teaching these kids it was a great class it was a great vibe I need to go into the next room and do that again yeah I can't stop in the middle of my professional job And change my mood and my vibe because you, one person, has chosen to distract distract me from the 16 Mm -hmm. students I have in the other room.
0: So I guess what we're talking about really is boundaries, right? So which is such an incredibly important part of leadership. When you're in that teaching mode, you're not in the studio owner mode. You're in the I'm teaching, I'm a teacher right now. And setting that boundary, especially for people who don't see that, because that mum that comes in doesn't doesn't differentiate you as studio owner, which is the problem that she needs solved at the time, and dance teacher who's enjoying the vibe and is turning and spinning and flying across the floor. Whereas I think as as a leader, it's really important to have those boundaries so that when you're in the classroom, you are teaching and you're a hundred percent there and you're not thinking about the schedule and about booking the concert venue and all of those other things that are our responsibility as studio owners, they're they're tasks for when you've got your studio owner hat on and you're sitting down at your desk and you're doing those things or you're taking the parent meetings or those things. And I think setting those boundaries is not only good for the parents to understand that, yes, I wear lots of different hats and at the moment I'm wearing this hat, but it's also good for you and for your own mental health so that you can really compartmentalise the different parts of your role that we play as studio owners and be able to say, okay, right now I'm focusing on this and tomorrow I'm going to focus on that. I think that setting those boundaries for everybody involved, all the stakeholders, is in, is an incredibly important part of our job.
1: Okay, since we we are on the boundary part, Another thing that I think studio owners as well as teachers need to be thinking about, especially the teachers, because I don't even believe they should be calling you, is that the texts or phone calls that you may get in non business hours because somehow they got your cell phone number, there needs to be a boundary that says, oh, you don't take those calls on that mm-hmm. phone. All calls that are related to the studio are answered by calling this number and leaving a message, and creating this boundary that says, just like the person who owns the grocery store up the street that you shop at, you can't call them when the store's closed. <laughs> you you, <laughs>
0: Let's you say, have you, you got any red apples today?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, hey, I'm wondering if how's the milk supply for tomorrow? You yeah, know? you just you're just you not gonna do that. And I think in our field, we tend to be so accommodating mm-hmm. and want to be customer service uh oriented. I look at that as crossing the line. That's a boundary. I can be really good at customer service mm-hmm. by saying we get back to you by the next business day and really getting back to them by the next business day. Mm-hmm. But if if I've gone home after a long day of teaching or working in the office at the studio and I have two of my own kids or there's a movie that I've been working for three days straight to, so that I could finally sit down and watch the whole thing. I deserve that opportunity. That's a boundary.
0: hmm 100%. And, yeah. How many of us, though, will return the text because we just want to get it off our plate, we don't want to disappoint that parent, you know, we'll interrupt the movie at 10 o'clock at night to answer the question about what shoes little Katie needs just to get it off our plate, just to get to do it. And because we think that's good customer service. I'm guilty of that. You know, one of the most powerful things I have done in my business was Marie, to buy two phones. <laughs> I have two phones. I have one phone that is my phone that you have my number. My husband has my number. It's my work. It's not my work phone. It's my People whose calls I want to answer phone. (laughs) And then I have my work phone that is turned on during business hours. And then during not business hours, she's not on.
1: I I think that's a brilliant idea. Because it is hard to not answer that text because you saw the text. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or to be distracted because... It was a little bit like, is this person upset with me? I'm not sure what the vibe of this message means. Mm -hmm. And that's a distraction. If you have a cell phone that's the studio cell phone and it's nine o'clock and you got home and you're going to watch that movie, the office phone is off. Mm -hmm. And the next morning it's picked up during whatever you committed to as your business hours and a response to that text goes, and and for those who are listening and worried about how somebody will react to that, that is the way the whole rest of the world works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just want you to know. Yeah, it's something about us dance people, you know, wanting to give everything that we have to our profession, mm-hmm. and then we burn out. Mm -hmm. Then we feel like people are taking advantage of us, when in reality, did we create the circumstances? (laughs) They are taking advantage, but did we create the circumstances that allow that to happen?
0: We teach people how to treat us. And if we answer the text at 10 o'clock on one day, they're going to believe that we'll do it two weeks later or three months later. You know what the impetus was for me to get my own phone? Re- I was on vacation with my family and I was walking down the street at this you know, brand new town that I'd never been to. You know when you just go for a wander into town and you're looking at the you know, little boutiques and different shops and coffee shops and my phone rang and I pulled it out of my pocket and I saw the name of the problem parent who's always got an issue and I didn't answer it because I was on vacation. I was like, I'm not answering it. But then I thought about what problem she was ringing me about for the next three days. I didn't answer it, but she was still on my mind and I was still thinking when I get back, I'm going to have to call her back. What is going to be her problem this time? What have I done? Why is her child upset? It just played and played and played. And that for me was the impetus to go, no, I've had enough. (laughs) This is it. And so I didn't change my work number into my personal phone. I've kept my original number. And so the parents who do have that number still feel like they have a special connection to me. They still feel like they have my cell number. So they still, there's no kind of like, you can't call me anymore. I haven't lost that, you know, I haven't made that change to my customer relationship experience. They can still text me, they can still call me. But the difference is I just respond during office hours or I answer during office hours. And if they... If they call, or if they say, "Why didn't you call why didn't you answer yesterday?" which no one has done, but if they were to, my response would be, "Oh, I had it turned off because I it wasn't work time. I finish work at eight, and then I turn off my phone.
1: And just another benefit to add to the list of things you just said that make this a great idea is I can go away for a week on a vacation and hand that phone to my office manager. Absolutely. And I don't even have that phone with me. And now nobody texts me anyway because they're used to texting that phone. And I actually got the vacation away from the business that I I deserve.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember I was getting on the plane to fly to the conference this year, right? And as I was going down the, you know, the jetway, I remembered I hadn't done the voicemail on my phone. And once you get on the plane to, to do that big, you know, 14-hour flight, there's no service. So that's your last chance. And I went, oh, I haven't changed my voicemail. So I did it as I was walking onto the plane. And I was like, hello, it's Miss Stacy here. You've called Pot Performing Arts. I'm just letting you know I'm overseas. So if you need anything, call the office. Here's the number. And then I came back from the conference and I went about my life and I forgot that I hadn't changed my voicemail. And every time people saw me at the studio – in the next couple of weeks, they were like, oh, hi. <laughs> I was getting these really weird reactions all the time. Hey, I didn't expect to see you. Hi. Oh, I didn't think you were going to teach Katie today. And I'm thinking, yeah. Oh, you
1: should have said you were gone for a month.
0: <laughs> I left it on. I did, forgot to change it. And so for the like six weeks after I was back, people were really surprised to see me because if they were ringing me, it was saying, hi, I'm overseas, I'm not here, <laughs> when actually I was. Here. But people solved their own problems during those six weeks, let me say. They didn't need to, you know, they, they went, Oh, Miss Stacy's overseas, so I'll just, you know, sort myself out. And and it, you know, halved my workload. So <laughs> I need to go and overseas in inverted commas more often.
1: You know what what what's interesting about what you just said is that we overthink. What are people gonna say if I'm away? Mm-hmm. What are what are what are they gonna say if I don't answer my phone? If I don't get their call uh, responded to? Maybe we're doing that to ourselves, and that we're we we have these expectations that are beyond mm-hmm. the expectations of those who we're worried about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that sometimes it's just a story we're telling ourselves that's part Mm. of our own, you know, own ego and own, you know, I'm very important. People need me. They need to hear from me. I think that's something, a story that we tell ourselves. But in reality, I think people are totally fine without us. And I think we know that.
1: (laughs) It's the truth. And we should be able to do that. And you know if I'll swing us back to we started with the word leadership, Mm -hmm. I consider this a piece of me showing that I'm a leader by showing that I have boundaries, Mm -hmm. by showing as a leader that I can uh, uh, separate my work life from my home life from like that you see that about me that my dancers see that about Mm -hmm. me that their parents see that about me it's it's another form of leadership Mm -hmm. where we might somebody might perceive you know a strong leader is available for everybody all the time and that's a misconception absolutely a strong leader is someone who gets respected because they do have that time And those around them who do and live the same kind of life respect because they can relate to who you are rather than you being the unique person in their life that they could call 24 hours a day.
0: Mm -hmm. And they will
1: if you let them. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I'm, I'm all for customer service. I just, I can't give good customer service 24 hours a day, but I can give good customer service when I'm on and ready to go during Mm -hmm. my business hours.
0: Yeah. And I'm not going to give good customer service if I'm burnt out because I've been going 24 hours a day for the last seven years and now i just want to get to the end of the recital throw my hands in the air and close the whole thing down <laughs> how many times do we see that happen from people who don't have those boundaries mm-hmm. in place don't have that work life balance it's so incredibly important and i like what you said about showing people in you know in our community in our all the stakeholders of our business, that. I love to make a point to my dancers, especially my female dancers. I've loved teaching you tonight. This class has been awesome, but it's six o'clock and I have to get home to tuck my kids into bed because that's really important to me. I love role modelling that for them because hopefully when they're older and they're in a corporate job or they've got their own business and, you know, it goes six o'clock and they're still sitting at their desk, they can feel okay to go, no, switching off the computer, going home, Time for family time. That's wow. a whole other, that's a whole other podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you made me. I feel like what I'm about to say, this is the third time I've said it in the past couple of weeks. It, a woman's role. 30 years ago, 40 years ago, when they were a business owner. I think if they stood up and said to their kids or the parents in their studio, oh, I'd love, this was a great class and I'd love to be here with you for the rest of the night, but I got to go home and tuck in my kids or be with my kids. Would have made the woman appear not as strong as the male. Mm-hmm. Or, or Okay, because they have to be a mom and they're trying to do all this stuff I think it's only in these last decade or two (laughs) where women can stand up and say yeah I'm a mom too and I can balance all of this and and I'm a leader and I'm making my priorities work for my life Mm -hmm. and they don't have to prove that I don't know. Did I make sense with that analogy? Because my mom was somebody in the 70s running a a business as a woman, the sole proprietor of her business. And I feel like she was always trying to prove she was as strong as the male business owners Mm -hmm. that she was compared to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But that that transparency and that authenticity – and sticking to your own values and and having integrity in those values now is is leadership. And and I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that I mm. am running a business in a generation where it's okay for me to say it's six o'clock. I'm going home. You've got great teachers to look after. You have a great class. I cannot wait to see the photos and to hear all about it when I'm back here again tomorrow. But for now, I'm going home to spend time with my family. Uh, family. I'm really grateful that I'm. That I have that that opportunity makes me See, a better what leader.
1: Your, what your kids don't get to do that I got to do with my twin brother was my mother would be teaching downstairs the ladies' class we called it back then. So it was the the moms the the adults on Tuesday nights, and we were supposed to have been in bed at I don't know seven seven thirty. And because we could tell by the music <laughs> where my mother was at, we'd stay up and we'd watch uh, the Dinah Shore show. I actually remember the <laughs> show. And if my mother talked for a while, we could watch Hawaii Five O as well. Oh, so finance. your kids, you're, you coming home, they're never gonna have the chance to sneak, stay up, and their mother never knows. <laughs>
0: I think they sneak in a, enough in my house. I see my chocolate stash disappearing in the pantry ah. and, and other things. I think, I, I think they they have enough. They get away with enough. Re <laughs> Hawaii Five O though, that's a flashback. That was
1: the original Hawaii yeah. Five O. This uh, this <laughs> one out now. Book them, Dano. Oh, somebody listening to this will remember <laughs> that.
0: Awesome. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Dance Life Teacher Conference. If you want to put something very special for someone that you love under the Christmas tree, then make sure you get onto regold.com and get yourself a ticket. Or if you know that there's somebody in your life that loves you very much, perhaps that's a great hint and tip for them. They can buy the ticket online, put it in an envelope, put a bow on top of it and stick it under the tree and you'll have a very, very good Christmas. Thank you so much, Reid. This has been so fun.
1: It has been a blast. Thanks for being with us, everyone, and enjoy the journey, friends. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life podcast. Learn more about joining the International
0: Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey.